Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Welcome back to our sit-down chat with Miss Charlene Tilton. If you haven't heard part one, it aired yesterday. We cover all things Dallas. We talk about what Charlene has going on in life now. So check out yesterday's chat with Charlene and now part two. Well, you left in season eight in 1985. Like what was, I mean, how did that come about? Like, was that like a mutual decision? Like, did you want to pursue other things or they decided like, okay, we're going to take a break from Lucy at this point? My contract was up everybody had a seven-year contract so my contract was up and they chose not to renew it and um I remember Leonard Katzman called me at home and said I need you to come to the studio um so I went to the studio and um he said I just wanted to tell you in person and he was, he started crying. He goes, they're not going to, we're not renewing your contract or whatever. And um, he said, we love you. We don't, we just, we don't know what to do with Lucy. She's at this, this age, you're married to Mitch. And they did kind of write Lucy into a box because she married Mitch, the doctor. And it, then it kind of like, you know, it, it took Lucy's, stuff away yeah yeah and um I had just had my daughter and I just I went okay and what they had asked me to do was they said look there's going to be a lot of press on this just you know when you go do interviews just tell everybody that you chose to leave, you wanted to leave the show to pursue other endeavors and try a film career and, and all this. I said, why would I say that? That's not the truth. 
you guys chose not to renew my contract. That's the truth. And that's what I'm going to say. And they were like, no, but, and they weren't happy, but I said, I'm fine with the truth. You chose not to renew it for whatever reason. So, and I knew it didn't have anything to do with me. I was loved on the show. I was, it was professional. I got along with everybody. You know, I knew it wasn't, it had nothing to do with me. They genuinely didn't know what to do with the character and, and money because other cast members were demanding a lot more money and budget cuts. So I, I got cut part, and part of it was a financial decision on their part. Were you upset or, and or nervous? Like you just had a daughter, like did any of that go through your mind or you were like, no, you know, this is how it works in Hollywood and no, I'll figure because, it out. No, um, I remember cause I, I was going to church and I had mentioned to the pastor, you know, they've, they chose not to renew my contract and I'm not sure what, and first words out of his mouth was, it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. And, and I said it to like three or four other people in my little inner circle. And that was the first reaction out of their mouth. And this is good. This is a good thing. And, and it was because, um, I was able to, it was, I was able to stay home and just be a mom to my newborn baby. Because when I went back to work, like a week after I had Cherish, and, you know, I, I, fortunately, I was able to take her with me on the set, and I had somebody helping me, of course, with her, but, it, you know, it was hard. So it it was a good thing. It really, it all things were out together for good so it was for a reason yeah and so I was I was fine with and then they then they had asked me to come back and I was doing a play at the La Mirada Civic Auditorium but I had already committed to that and it wasn't like some big high payday or anything but it was a play that I and I said they said well just drop out of the play I said I can't we're in rehearsals I can't we we opened in two weeks I can't you know, so anyway, then they brought me back and um, I remember going into Leonard Katzman's office and his secretary, Lou Willis, said, thank God they had to bring you back. And I, well, I, I said, oh, I'm, it's so good. And she goes, no, they had to. She goes, do you know how many petitions? I said, oh, people wrote in. She goes, no, 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 not just people, petitions. She goes, I mean, just millions of people were insistent that they brought Lucy back and it really was fans. So then I just kind of was like, Oh, thank you. And so that made me feel really good that it was because the fans that really, and I'm not saying Charlene Tilton was missed, but I think the character of Lucy was missed. Maybe a little bit of both. I was going to say, did you go home and say, damn, I should have asked for a hell of a lot more money? Oh, no, no, there was no, <laughs> no, they said, come back. This is what you're getting. Well, okay, fine, whatever. To me, it was never about the money. To me, it was um, about the character, about the work and about just, you know, and they were like a family to me. So 
Yeah. And I had read, I don't know if this is true because lots of things you read aren't true. I had read that like Larry Hagman himself was like very outspoken and instrumental of like, you need to bring Charlene back. Maybe Lucy, but I, I've read a lot of places that he was like, we need, I, this I, is unacceptable. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know about that, but um, I do know that it really, Leonard Katzman's secretary said, you, you know, you didn't hear it from me, but they didn't have a choice. They had to bring you back because there was such a fan uproar that they didn't have a choice. So that's nice. Yeah. I mean, that it just made me feel appreciative, you know, of the fans. And to this day, I'm very appreciative of all the fans that have watched the show and loved it. Did it feel different when you went back? You know, like a lot of the cast had changed in like those final seasons and, you know, like the show moved in a different direction. Still great, you know, but like, did or did it just feel like day one, the same thing, mostly? It's just, this is like, I never left. It, it did. I mean, and, and like when Patrick and Linda and, and God bless Larry or, when, you know, Steve Keneally, whenever we would get together, we're, things don't change. I'm still the 17 year old. Patrick will still make the same jokes. I will still laugh. He's so funny. And it's just kind of the same familia, you know, everybody has their place and whatever. It felt great to be back. But again, they really did not know what to do with Lucy. And making her an owner of an art gallery or whatever it did. Lucy just became milk toast. And that is something Lucy never was or will be is milk toast. You know, no matter how old she gets, Lucy's going to have a fire, going to cause trouble, going to, you know. It's Lucy. Yeah, it's Lucy. Did you find after Dallas, and I don't, this is, I don't mean any shade by this, but like, did you find, because it's from playing any character for so long, like, did you find like you were typecast, like, you know, when you try to go for auditions and people just see Lucy, which, you know, people could say the same about Larry or Linda or anyone that plays a character for a long time. You know, a little bit, but again, I, and, and at this point I was a single mother with my daughter. So I wasn't actively seeking but I got I had I was able to get opportunities to do other things that um were incredible like I was able to go do the play Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in London I didn't play Martha I was too young I could play Martha now but I I played the character of Honey Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is a four character play we did the uncut three hour 45 minute version so and I did that in London. And of course, you know, London, the theater, you know, those critics, they wanted to see what is that little American Charlene Tilton going to do? Well, I got great reviews. It was one of the most fulfilling uh, creative experiences of my life. And I did a lot of, so I ended up doing a lot of theater. I did a play with Emma Jean Coca and Renee Bergenois called The Foreigner. And it was a comedy. And I did that in San Francisco. And these were things that I could do because I was there for enough time that my daughter could come with me. And um, so just being able to do theater was, I, I focused more on that than anything else. And I had a blast and I loved doing it. And 
racked up some really great theater credits and wonderful shows. One of the other things you did during Dallas, which this will date me, is Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> yes. Right? I At mean, how much fun was that? That was amazing. Oh my gosh, I have this great picture in the other room. I wish I would have known I would show you. It's from Battle of the Network Stars. Um, Lou Ferrigno, McLean Stevenson, Valerie Burton, Nellie, LeVar Burton. Who am I leaving at? Pat Klaus, myself, David Letterman. Did I say David Letterman? No. We were all on the same team. And I, I did several of those. You need so, to take a picture and send it to me, like to tech, because like I could post it with this episode. That's like a classic picture. Okay, I'll I, I, I'll email it to you for sure. Yeah, that's okay. like wow. Yeah, yeah, that just seems like they should bring back Battle of the Network Stars. I probably, you know, they they tr- they did they, they, I, they I did it a couple of years ago, and I did it. Um, yeah, now, I remember that. Yeah, uh, and I. And they said that I did more Battle of the Network stars than anybody else. And I didn't even know that. Can you imagine? Because truly, I am the most unathletic person on the planet. The only thing I was good at was the kayak. And I guess because I'm so short, what I would do is I would just put my legs straight out in front of me and I would just fold over like this and I'd have like zero and I would just go like this. And Howard Cosell was, look at the little Charlene Tilton passing up Heather Locklear in lane two. And here comes Charlene Tilton winning the kayak. And that's the only thing I could do for some reason. And that and the dunk tank, I had great Mm -hmm. eye-hand coordination. So I was good at the dunk tank. But see, even that, like who would ever think like, okay, let's make A, a kayak and B, a dunk tank part of this experience. Like that is why it's a brilliant show. And I do remember when they brought it back and I don't know, it should, I, I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. They should keep going with this. Oh, I loved it when they brought it, when they brought it back. It was, it was, I had a blast doing it. Um, we did it in one day. They used to do it in two and it was better doing it in two. Um, I remember though, one of the shows I did was Tom Selleck was on my team and each celebrity had, each star had to do two events. Again, I'm like always the last one picked for any team, whatever. So to do my second event, we would do the tandem. So Tom Selleck was going to, the tandem bicycle race. So Tom Selleck was obviously riding in the front. And I was going to ride in the back. My feet couldn't even touch the pedals, right? <laughs> so so we would just they said, just hold your feet up and just bend down so Tom could just ride. So instead of, instead of me helping him pedal, he was basically carrying 90 pounds dead weight. Um, he didn't win. <laughs> but oh I can say it. And here's Tom Selleck in his little bicycle shorts. And I'm just grabbing on going, wee. You're like, wait a second. This isn't the dunk tank. Like, let me go back to that. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, listen, I had no problem holding on to Tom Selleck's waist while he pedaled. I was just like, hello. Right. Seriously. You're like, <laughs> well, speaking of things that came back, TNT 2012, the Dallas 
how did that come about for you? Like, did you have any reservations or, you know, was it like you got the call and you heard like Linda was in and Patrick was in and Larry was in and you're like, this sounds great. Um, at Larry Hagman's birthday party, they, I heard it was going to happen. Anyway, I had talked to Larry on the phone and he had told me about it and said they, you know, they were really just concentrating on them and not anybody else. So then they sent a script saying, they had said, oh, we want to bring Lucy and Ray back for the first episode and whatever. So um, I read the script and I think I have like two lines that's at a barbecue or something and Steve Keneally who plays Ray is there. So I called Steve and I said, uh, what do you think? He goes, I'm not doing this shit. What are they doing? Just... And I said, well, I understand. I said, I had to catch my breath before I called you. I said, but I said, I thought about it and I prayed about it. And I said, I feel like we're supposed to be there to support them, just to be there on the set, bringing them good energy. We're basically extras in the show. We're literally glorified extras. We're just standing around. I said, but just to be there and give them a, you know, applause and go for it, you know, just cheer them on. And he said, well, you're a much better person than I am. And I go, well, have a think about it. That's just my attitude. I said, my first attitude is what you were saying. I'm not doing this. But then I caught my breath and prayed. And I said, I really feel like that's what we're supposed to do. And then he called me back and said, all right, I'm in. And so we went and we did it. We said our two little lines and we had a great time. And then afterwards, Steve and his wife and I, we were at the airport and he said, thank you. Thank you for talking me into doing this. He said, it was so much fun. We had a great time. We had a great time doing it. Um, then at one point they had asked me, to come back they wanted to give me a storyline but I was already committed I was doing a show a tv show in London and I couldn't do it and they said well why can't you cancel that I go because I'm actually got a flight book I'm on my way to London I'm going to be in London for six months and I said if you wanted me I should have asked so what? I, I do you know what the storyline was that they were going to give Lucy? I have no idea, but the, you know, and it could have been just me, you know, you know, and then they did, they, they made this whole thing like, Oh, big reunion. And it was advertised all over Lucy reunited with Gary and Val reunited with her parents. There's a knock on the door. Bobby and I answer it. And it's Valine, my mother. And I go, mama. And 
Bobby looks at down and says, Lucy, maybe you should go get us some coffee. And I say, okay, that was the great reunion. There was no dialogue. There was nothing. It was, I don't know. Anyway, that's that. I had nothing to do with that. I, I hear it was great. People loved it. And I had nothing to do with it. Was it nostalgic? You know, like Joan Van Ark, like just to be back at South Fork, like, you know, like when Steve is saying, thank you for all this, like, was that at least like, Oh, yeah, of course. It was, and, and being with them, it was great. And then they brought us back, of course, for JR's funeral, which was gut-wrenching. It was, uh, you know, it was sad. I was going to say, like, that scene, you know, how much of that was really acting between all of you? Because, I mean, it was a real None. loss. None. It was, yeah. Even though, obviously, Larry had passed away sometime before, it was... Yeah. Was that helpful, though, to kind of, you know, be around like Linda and Patrick and oh, Steve? Oh, yes, of course. And, I, you know, and I, we've been around each other a lot since then. And, you know, even since the new show and it's, and who knows, there's not even there's nothing to say they might not try to bring it back again. Who knows? So. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, if they brought it back which they might, you know, maybe not TNT, but in some capacity, would you say yes if they called again? Sure. I, I think, yeah. And I'd love Lucy to have a daughter that's even worse than she was, <laughs> a little more rebellious than she was. Uh, I think it would be great. That would be great, actually. See, you just yeah. gave, you and, and give her some position at Ewing Oil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, see, when they brought the, the show back, I said to Cynthia Cedra, the, I said, you know that Lucy has owns a big chunk. She goes, well, we're just ignoring that. I go, okay. I, uh, Lucy has a big, is a big shareholder of Ewing Oil. She goes, well, not in this show. And I went, okay. From a fan point of view, I think the fans would have gone crazy. Like just in a good way of like, you know, like people like to see some like evolution of character, you know, like they, they did write by like Sue Ellen. They did Sue Ellen so brilliantly. You know what I mean? It was like they should have given Lucy something. You know, but they have to, but it's a whole new show. And I get that. It's a whole new show. And it was, you know, even about, about more of drug cartel and stuff that I understand. So, you know, um, do you think they're done with it? Like, do you think the powers that be will like, like, do you ever talk? Like, I know they have the reunions. I was at the 40th reunion at South Fork. So I was there. Do you think like people are done with Dallas or do you think someone will find a way to bring this back in some capacity? Uh, in, in my mind, I think it's done, but never say never, you know, so if they were going to recast Dallas, just say like they were going to do something totally different and recast it, you know, are there any actresses that come to the top of your mind, you know, if they were going to say, let's go back and now we want, you know, the age you were at when you started in that first scene, let's just start over and just do a whole, you know, new version of, do any actresses come to mind of who would be good for Lucy? Oh, I don't know. You know, if you're talking 17 year olds or whatever, I don't know. There's so many wonderful young actresses out there. I know at one point there was a movie script being done. Uh, 
and uh, they actually, this was quite a while ago, but they had actually brought my daughter in to audition for the part, but the movie never got done. But uh, yeah, she's too old to do it now, but back then she would have, that would have been funny to, you know. That would have been for you, especially probably like great and like strange at the same time, right? Oh, it would have been fabulous, but yeah. How do you feel about having a daughter? Like, you know, she's in the music business. Like, did you, you know, it's a tough business. Did you say go for it? Or did you know a lot of people I think in like the business are like, oh my God, why is my child following in my footsteps, so to speak, even though she's in music or an actress, you know, a lot of people don't want their children in the business. Um, there was kind of no stopping Cherish. Um, when, when Cherish was, you know, just like a baby, one of her first toys was Mr. Microphone. It was a toy back then that, um, and that's the one toy that the battery never ran out. And it, so it's just, you know, the thing, and you got the microphone. Oh, she carried that everywhere. She would just sing at the top of her lungs. And she was always performing and putting on shows. And it was just, it was just something she was destined for. And, and she also rescued every animal on the planet. And she would get like wild birds to come and sit on her. She's got this way with animals. And, um, she just has this, she's like this animal whisper of any kind of animal. And at one point I thought, you know, you could be a veterinarian, but when she found out like how much schooling, so she had a choice in high school, she could go to the zoo magnet school or performing arts magnet. She said, mom, I don't think I, I, I could do all that studying and to, to become a vet. So she said, well, I'll do the performing arts. I said, we could be a singing vet. So and she loves it and you yeah. love and I mean, yeah. well, you're in the right city for it, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm in such a good mood because I just got my new rain jacket, t-shirts, and sweaters in the mail from Tentry. Not only are these products fashion forward, but they're earth friendly. Tentry sells lots of different products, including clothing, underwear, outerwear, activewear, and more. What I love is that not only are these fashion forward, like I said, but everything they make is manufactured ethically and from materials that are either sustainably sourced or recycled. Besides being sustainable, Tentry clothing is so soft and so comfortable. I'm already wearing these t-shirts like all day and all night. Listen, 
For every item purchased from Tentree, they plant 10 trees, and this helps take carbon out of the air, replenish ecosystems, and it gives jobs to tree planters and communities around the world. Learn more about Tentree's planting mission and to grab some comfy, sustainable clothes, check out their website, www.tentree.com. And because you're listening to this podcast, use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. That's www.tentree.com. Use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. With the holidays just around the corner, I have the perfect gift for your loved ones. It hasn't been an easy year or two. We're all not seeing the people we love as much as we used to. This is why Skylight Frame is the perfect gift to give someone you love this holiday season. Skylight Frame is a photo frame you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. You literally just plug it in. You use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network and voila, enjoy. Everyone in the family can just email them to your personal Skylight email address and they'll pop up in seconds. Multiple people can send photos to the frame. So it's a great way to keep large networks of friends and families in touch. And what I love is, which is what I did, you can preload it with your favorite photos for a personalized gift. So you can import pictures of you and all your friends and family, and then you can send it on to the person as the gift. Now as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code VELVET. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code VELVET. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code VELVET. Hey guys, there's big news from my favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system that US News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. I love that it zooms in eight times. This means that you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/slash velvet robe. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in their interactive monitoring program. Once again, that's simplysafe.com slash velvet robe. I have to tell you guys about my latest obsession, operator. Housewives doesn't have anything on Operator. Operator is set in the 90s and it's all about the phone sex industry. In the 90s, phone sex operators worked around the clock to fill fantasies. It all started with an idea from Mike Parties and Michael Self. They built a company called American Telnet. But it was the women behind the phones who created the close-knit yet dysfunctional family that turned American Telnet into a multi-billion dollar company. They were sailing lavish yachts. They were fueling wild drug parties. They were burning through cash by the minute. And the FBI was watching their every move. I told you it reminded me of Housewives. Wondry and Topic Studios' new podcast, which is called Operator. It's the untold story of a company which dominated the phone sex industry until the money blinded them 
and it all came crashing down. There's so much intrigue in this podcast. There are so many twists. There are so many turns. I am freaking addicted. You guys need to follow Operator on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvetrobe. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, your temper is shorter than usual, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Yes, well, that's that's why we're here. So if anyone's listening, cherishlymusic.com, go check her out. She's great. So her music is great. Thank you. Yeah. Where do you think Lucy would be today? Like if they did, you know, like if you close your eyes and picture Lucy, like is Lucy single now? Is Lucy married? Like, let's make our own little, you know, forget about the business aspect of it. Working at Ewing Oil, where's Lucy in her personal life? Gosh, I don't know. When they left off, Lucy was living in Europe somewhere. So um, I have no idea. But these are the things I think about, Charlene. Oh, my gosh. Well, you got to think of a good storyline and bring it back. <laughs> I, I, Yes, I do. Yes and yes. Why do you think this show, like you said, like it's finding a whole new audience. It holds up. Like, what do you think it is about Dallas? Like, that's just so... Like, what do you think it is that, you know, all these years later, people just still hail it as one of the best TV shows that's ever existed? As I'm re-watching it, and like I said, it's been 40 years. Um, the writing was amazing. The chemistry between the original cast and that is Barbara Miller. You cannot, that is a gift from God. That is a fluke. It, the chemistry between all of us was amazing. Um, and I do attribute a lot of that to Larry Hagman because he was the glue that kept us together. He was the grand poopa that kept, that brought us together and kept us together. And um, the storylines, the, the chemistry, and everybody, everybody was so good. I mean, every performance was, I mean, it was, it was just really great. I mean, it's funny to see, you know, there were no cell phones, so you had to go to the phone booth or Larry Hagman, Jr. was one of the first to have a phone in his car. It was like the size of a 
of a briefcase, you know, this big old phone. Um, but, you know, and, and the scripts and the the greed and the backbiting and, and, and yet it was all about family. And, um, and as evil as JR was, he had the vulnerable point. He wanted to, to please his father and, and JR was so evil, but he was sexy. I didn't even realize that he was like sexy. And, um, and like I said, everybody had their, there are things that were, the dialogue was written on the page, but there was always something underneath every character that was going on. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Right. I mean, it was so rich in storytelling, just yeah. on, like they just it really store. And like, it was about family at the end of the day. And you really believe that this was a family, a dysfunctional yeah. family, but you really truly believe this was a real family. Yes. Speaking of families, you recently, you have a family story of your own. You were telling me off the oh, air. Yes, I, um, well, I was in and out of foster homes because my mother was mentally ill and I've never known who my father was. So, and I've, of course, anybody who's adopted or doesn't know who their biological parents, I won't say there's a void, but there's a curiosity. And with some people, they carry a deep hole or a void. There really is. I've always wondered who my biological father was. And through one of those DNA websites, I had this DNA kit in my closet for five years. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I spit in the tube and I sent it off. And well, Lo and behold, I was reunited. I, I was united, not reunited. I was united with two biological half-brothers and a biological half-sister. And my biological father was in Arizona. So I got the two biological, my half-brothers, my half-sister together. I made this plan. I said, okay, let's all meet in Arizona. So we got together. We stayed at the Marriott Hotel in Arizona. We all got there on a Friday. So Saturday, we were going to go out and see, knock on our biological father's door, which we did. Sadly, come to find out he was, he had passed away Christmas at the age of 93 of COVID. So he had died that December. We, we were there the first of July. He had died in December at the age of 93 of COVID. But I found out a lot about him. Um, he was a, a test pilot in the Air Force. One of the number one, he was a Lieutenant Colonel and he, um, Chuck Yeager who broke the sound barrier. It was my biological father who trained, who tested that flight and trained Chuck Yeager how to fly it. So my father was very accomplished in many, many ways. Um, not so much as a father and a husband, but um, but now I have I, I now have two brothers and a sister in my life because of this DNA website. So it's that's been a real blessing for sure. Isn't it amazing? Like where technology is in this world. Like that's, I mean, just think like even fifteen years ago. Like it, 
wasn't just like spit in this tube and here's a website and go and find your family. It's kind of crazy. No, and, and not everybody has a happy ending. Sometimes though, you know, somebody doesn't want to meet, but the, the brothers and, you know, sadly I didn't get to meet my biological father, but I, I now have pictures and I know his story and I've got pictures of him. He was gorgeous. Um, I, I can definitely, I look a lot like him and um, it's just, and the good news is my brothers and sisters are sister. They're, they're living wonderful, productive lives. They're incredible. One of my brothers is a retired Marine. He's married to a Japanese woman. They've been married 30 years. They have three beautiful kids. They all speak Japanese. They're all accomplished and wonderful in their own right. So um, yeah, it's a blessing. Did any of them know what Dallas was? Like, did any of them watch Dallas? Well, the brothers who actually, they knew our, they were raised by our biological father till they were five and six. When he left, he left their mother and left them. I never knew, my mother was not married to my biological father, had me out of wedlock. My sister's mother was not married to him. She got pregnant out of wedlock as well. But the boys, the brothers knew. And when, and one day their mother had seen me on television and saw my name and said to them, she's your sister. And they went, what? She said, I'm telling you, that is your biological sister. And she said, I remember when you guys were little, he had to send some money to somebody in, in, in San Diego and my dad never paid child support. He sent a one-time check of some pittance to my mom, but she remembered that. And when, and when their biological, when their mother died in 2011, she said, please try to get a hold of Charlene Tilton. I'm telling you, that's your sister. So then when we got together, I said, why didn't you ever try to get hold of me? They go, how how many letters were you getting a week? Would you have ever even responded if we said, oh, hello, I'm your brother. And I said, you know, I might have actually, because I was always curious. But anyway, so we're together now. Did They just thought because you were famous, you must just get so much mail. And they were right. And- they were right. Who knows if I ever would have received the letter to begin with. I And if I would have paid attention to it or not. Right. Like I'm sure people came out of the woodworks and said, but had they told me the details about our father's name and stuff, I would have known, but whatever it's all in God's timing. It's perfect. So now, you know, I could have done that test five years ago and my biological father would have still been alive. So I don't know what that would have turned out, but. And I believe everything happens for a reason too. I I really believe that in life, just it's meant to be. Exactly. Anything else you want to discuss here today that I haven't brought up? I mean, thank you for this. Like, do you ever get tired of people like me wanting to ask you questions about Dallas? I mean. No, you know what? Like I said, just for me, getting reacquainted with the show is it's kind of making me excited. So it's, and thank you for talking to me about it. Cause it's been a long time. Has your daughter and like, I mean, grandchildren, I assume are too young, but like, has your daughter ever watched the whole thing? And do you think no. you're. No, she hasn't. I re... Do you remember the show, the OC? Um, yes. Okay. Well, 
Misha Barton, hello. Yes, of course. I loved, I loved that show. But at one point, Dallas started, was starting to rerun on something. And my daughter and a few of her friends in junior high and high school started watched some episodes and they're like, mom, this is better than the OC. And Cherish would say, my daughter Cherish would say, um, I can't believe you're doing that. Oh yeah, it was junior high. I said, it's called acting. Don't you try this at home. <laughs> Don't you try that with me. So, but um, no, she hasn't, she's seen a few episodes, but no. But to that point, there would be no OC or Gossip Girl or like any of these things I feel without Dallas. I, yeah. I truly believe that. I don't, there wouldn't be a dynasty. Like it really, Dallas to me was like Falcon Crest. They all came after Dallas. I really feel it was like the first of its genre. But Thank you. I, I agree. So thank you. Thank you for acknowledging. But when you eventually do get through watching Dallas, if you want something else to do with your time, Charlene, start at the beginning of the OC and watch all that through too. That's another <laughs> great show. I'm just trying to give you things to do in your spare time. I'm watching way too much television. I'm watching way too much streaming and stuff. Oh, do you have I, like one guilty pleasure like that you just like, are obsessed with like one TV show or you just kind of watch it all? Right now it's right now it's the morning show. Um, it's a good and one. Truth, and truth be told, because I love Octavia Spencer, love her. Um, and so, yeah, those are good. Well, you can come back here anytime you would like. You're the sweetest. Thank you. If I'm ever in Tennessee, I will look you up. I'm there. Oh, you've got, you've got to call. If you, honey, are you going to come to Tennessee? Come, well, I'll, I'll show you around. I will we're come open. visit. We're, we're open. You, you are. Need, yeah, we're completely open. You don't need masks. You don't need vaccine mandates or anything like that. And, you know, the next time that you are here in New York, you know, guess who is here in New York this week? Mr. Gregory Zarian is here right now as we speak. I'm, I'm craving a New York trip so bad. And I have a friend who's one of the stars of Hades Town, and I know he's going to get ready to leave. And I still haven't seen it. I want to get to New York so bad. How, I mean, how is, is it comfortable there? It is. I mean, like, we're open. You, you just need to show a Vax card to enter a lot of places, most of course, places. Of but short of that, I mean, you don't really have to keep a mask on. Like on Broadway, you have to keep your mask on if you go to see something. But it feels normal in New York for the most part. Like it's like 90%, 95% of how it was before as far as like population wise. That's what it feels. Oh, great. So it's, it's kind of, you know, other than the mask, which is kind of depressing at times. I've seen a few things and you're like, oh, it doesn't sound bad. And then you're like halfway through watching something. You're like, I just want to take this mask off, but you're like, okay, let's just do the right thing here. But it feels normal. So I think, you know, if you come to New York, we will meet, but I'm going to come there as well. And we have to give a huge shout out to our wonderful Mr. Gregory Zarian, who kind of put us in touch. Love my Gregory. Everybody loves Gregory. Everybody loves Gregory. I've seen him many times this week and he's leaving tomorrow and I'm very upset. So, you know, but we love him. God, I'm kind of jelly that I'm not there with the two of you. You could have done brunch with us. You could have done, you and I could have had a drink. I've done a lot of things. I know next time, but really, if you ever come to New York and I travel, so I'll be down there, but I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. Keep in touch and send me that picture if you could, because I'll include it when this comes out. 
Okay, I sure will. Absolutely. Lots so, of love, you, sweetheart. Mwah. I love you, dearly. Take you care. Too. All right, baby. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye, Annie. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.